You are listening to episode number 22 of the You Are Nourished podcast. Stress. We all experience it, some days to greater degrees than others. But did you know that adrenal imbalance, aka stress, can make weight loss efforts really difficult? In this episode, I share why that is and give you some nutritional and lifestyle tips to reduce cortisol and manage stress. Are you tired of dieting, fed up with constantly stressing out about food and sick to death of feeling like absolute rubbish because no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get control over your eating habits? Well, my love, you are in the right place. I'm Lauren Gafer. I'm a nutritional therapist and a mindset coach. I'm a mum of two and I happen to be partial to an oat milk latte and a Friday night gin and tonic. But I am mostly on a mission to make sure that you never go on another diet. On this podcast, my goal is to liberate you from restrictive and unsustainable diets by learning how to eat more intuitively, teaching you how to nourish yourself in body and mind, and helping you feel the best you've ever felt without ever counting another calorie again. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for sharing your precious time with me today. I am very grateful for your presence. So this is the second in my four-part series in helping you to understand the non-food underlying reasons why you might be finding it difficult to lose unwanted weight. Now, I shall caveat this again. As you know, um, I'm not a weight loss coach. This is not my, my MO. But what I do want you to understand, for many of you who I know have tried to lose weight in the past, as you've grown older, it's become more difficult, or as things have happened in your life, it's become harder and harder for you. I want you to understand that diet, exercise, calories in, calories out and all the healthy eating in the world may not have an impact for you if you have these underlying things going on in your body. So if you've not listened to last week's episode, I share the three most common reasons that I see. And there are many, many more. There are lots and lots of underlying health issues and reasons why people find it difficult to lose weight that have nothing to do with diet or exercise. But the three top ones that I tend to see that I spoke about last week were inflammation, stress, and thyroid. And today we're talking about stress. I'm actually bringing a guest in. It'll be my first ever guest um, to talk about inflammation. So that will be coming up either next week or the week after. So today's episode is all about stress and cortisol and how this has an impact on your body. So let's talk a little bit about the hormone cortisol, which you've probably heard of. And if you haven't, it's a stress hormone. It is released by the adrenal glands when you are stressed alongside adrenaline. And adrenaline and cortisol are hormones that are released when we are presented with stress, whether that be um, a saber-toothed tiger or your kids bickering. So your body, your hormones do not differentiate between the type of stress. They just know that you have had some negative thoughts, a stressful situation has occurred, something has wound you up, something has led you to become 
heightened for some reason, and it will release those hormones, that, that cortisol and that adrenaline, um, as a life-saving mechanism for you. So if you are getting ready to fight or flight, and that's what the stress response is called, fight or flight, then your body is getting ready to do exactly that, to fight or flight. It is a human mechanism that saves our life. So all of the bodily functions that are not essential for us to fight or flight are shut down. And those include our reproductive hormones, those include uh, our thyroid hormones, our digestive system, all sorts of things happening in the body that we don't need right now. These things are not going to save our lives. The things that are going to save our lives are having more oxygen um, to our lungs, more blood flow, more glucose for energy. So those are the things that are happening. We want an increased heart rate. We want uh, our glucose stores to be released so that our muscles have got energy to, you know, to fight or flight. So those are the kinds of things that are happening. And you can probably feel it in your body, right? Just think about time when you felt that sort of extreme stress, your heart rate quickens, you start breathing faster, but you might not be getting ready to fight or flight. You might just be sat at your computer and have received an an irritating email that's made you stressed out and that's made your heart race faster and has made your your breath quicken, but you're not running anywhere. So you're not using any of that energy. You're not using any of that glucose that's been released and it's all got to go somewhere. So we've got this kind of like up and down thing happening the whole time where we are constantly being put into fight or flight with our lifestyles and and it's damaging our health. Many, you know, many issues around blood pressure. So many health conditions can be traced back to stress. And I'm not going to go into all of those here, but you, you know, you get the picture. Stress is a pervasive, universal issue for many of us. And let's not forget in 2022 what we have just been through global stress, stress on a global level, this pandemic, uh, which is not not completely over at all, um, you know, has really, uh, you know, created a, a chronic level of stress and anxiety for a, a lot of people. You know, maybe you, you experienced extreme stress, maybe you became ill, a, a family member became ill, maybe you've lost a loved one over these last couple of years, you know, being holed up with your family may not have been a delightful experience, any number of things. And And just, you know, generally living with a low level of fear is incredibly stressful. So let's not forget what we have gone through as a global community over the last couple of years and cut ourselves some slack. And we'll be coming on to that particular topic later on in this episode. So cortisol, you know, a life-saving hormone that we need in order to help us, you know, fight or flight. However, when we are not in fight or flight, all these things are happening to our body and we're not actually doing anything with them. So let's talk a little bit about what cortisol is doing to your blood sugar which is leading you to have more cravings for sugar and carbohydrates and reaching for those foods. And listen, I've got nothing against sugar and carbohydrates in, you know, as a general rule, cake is delicious, ice cream is delicious, um, there's nothing wrong with carbs, but we don't want to be eating them all the time. We don't want to be relying on them to manage our stress levels. And certainly when we're eating them frequently and chaotically, that's when you're going to see your weight increase and find it difficult to shed that if that's your habit and that's the way that you are dealing with your stress. 
So an increase in cortisol is going to increase your cravings for those kinds of foods. And when you are living in a state of permanent stress, you might not have the time to prepare a healthy meal. You might just not have the inclination. You might be exhausted and you are reaching for convenience foods and you are doing more emotional eating. And look, there's a, there's a time and a place for all of those kinds of things. But if you're not nourishing yourself and if you're not nourishing your adrenals, and we will come on to that, then it becomes, you know, a vicious circle where you are more and more stressed and the the food that you're eating is stressing you out and the weight gain is stressing you out and you're being really hard on yourself and it just creates this kind of you know really unhappy cycle with the the situation the stressful situation that you're in alongside the negative self-talk and you know the guilt and shame you're feeling around your food choices when ultimately the stress is making you crave sugar and carbohydrates and that's kind of not really your fault so I am going to be sharing in this episode tips to help help you reduce cortisol and manage your stress better. So in addition to increasing your cravings and making you reach for more sugary foods and refined carbohydrates, cortisol does also promote fat storage, particularly around the middle. So if you are struggling with increased weight around your midsection and you are very, very stressed, then it's going to be very, very difficult to shift that if you are not dealing with the stress. And this is what I see is I see really stressed people who have gained weight as a result of that stress and as a result of of eating a lot during you know that stressful period trying to then go on a diet and going well I've gained all this weight um, as a result of of, I've gained weight and not perhaps not even realizing that it's a result of being stressed but have gained weight over a period of time particularly over these last couple of years during the pandemic and gone I need to go on a diet to lose this weight and that as I talked about in last week's episode is the wrong way to go about it so trying to lose the weight via dieting is is not going to work you've got to deal with the underlying issue first and that's the stress. So I will share a little story with you about 14 years ago actually when I had my son, my firstborn, and within the first sort of year to 18 months um, of becoming a mother, it was, you know, it was it was hard, not gonna lie. But you know, after I think you know, maybe he must have been about six to nine months old, I can't fully remember, but I started to go to the gym because I wanted to lose my mum tum. Remember, this is 14 years ago, I'd not discovered body positivity and intuitive eating at that point. After having had a baby, I wanted to get back in shape. So I decided to join a gym and it also allowed me to put him into um, a creche and get a little bit of time for myself. And what I discovered, well, what kept happening was I was stuck in this cycle of going to the gym and getting sick. And for about six months, this kept happening. I would go to the gym, I would work out for a few weeks, and then I would come down with a chest infection, and I'd have to take a course of antibiotics. And then I'd recover from that, and I'd go, right, got to get back to the gym, got to get myself back in shape, go to the gym, get a chest infection, go on a round of antibiotics. And this happened so many times within his first year of life. And I, knowing what I knew, knew that this was not ideal, having to con- you know, continually go on antibiotics. You know, My immune system was shot. And I was like, what is going on? I'm trying to get in shape. I'm trying to exercise and do all the right things. But I keep getting sick and I keep getting derailed. And I need to sort this out. And not to mention the fact that my mum tum is going nowhere. So I went to see a good friend of mine, a naturopath at the time, and she sat me down and she said, 
Lauren, can you not see a pattern here that the exercise that you are doing is actually, you know, creating more stress? You are stressed because you have a, a newborn, you know, a, a new baby. And this pattern of, you know, stress is affecting your immune system and you need to stop going to the gym. And I was like, what? How do I do? <laughs> I want to stop going to the gym. How am I going to lose my mum tum? And she said, look, you are riddled with cortisol. And I think at that point I did do um, a salivary adrenal test, which did show that my cortisol levels were actually incredibly low, which meant that I had gone through the fight or flight stage. So your adrenal sort of, you know, uh, exhaustion goes in four stages, um, where it starts with stage one, which is fight or flight and goes all the way through to stage four, which is adrenal exhaustion, where you are completely flatlined. And I was, I was absolutely exhausted beyond belief, but I wanted to get back in shape. See how, you know, ask about tip that is, whatever the saying is. You know what I mean? It's just like, all we care about is losing the weight and getting back in shape when actually we should be doing so much more self-care. And she made me see that going to the gym was absolutely the worst thing I could be doing and it was creating more stress on my body. And what I needed to do was to look at the cortisol. And at this point, actually, I needed to increase my cortisol because I was so flatlined, but I needed to do this in a healthy way. And she said, look, you just go and do some yoga. You need to do, you need to be lying, lying down, doing some gentle stretching and no more going to the gym and, you know, beasting it on, you know, the treadmill and all of that kind of stuff, because you're not going to shift it. It's not going anywhere. We need to deal with the source first, the root cause. And that was my adrenal fatigue. And so I did that. And she gave me some supplements. And I, you know, started going to yoga. And things started to get a lot better. I stopped getting sick and having to take antibiotics. My weight did start to get back to how I wanted it to be. And, you know, I started to feel an awful lot better. But had I just carried on beasting it at the gym, that just was not going to be the right thing for me at all. So when you are in a state of adrenal fatigue and you're trying to lose weight with diet and exercise, particularly when you're doing the wrong type of exercise that is increasing your cortisol, but not in a healthy way, is making you, you know, more flatlined, then the weight's never going to shift and you're just going to keep digging yourself into a hole. So this is why it's so important to deal with the underlying issue first. What we see on the surface, so for me it was, you know, getting sick and having to take antibiotics and, you know, not being able to, you know, lose any of the baby weight. Um, that was all the surface stuff. But beneath that, which you couldn't see, was just total and utter exhaustion and, you know, adrenal exhaustion at, at that. So dealing with that underlying thing was was what helped me to, you know, move forward in in my health and also just to develop an understanding that look shifting your baby weight is not the be all and end all if you are doing it you know in a really unhealthy way which for me I was it was going to the gym was not the right way to go about it so just sharing that little anecdote with you to help you see that there are several things that could be going on. There are different ways to, you know, attack particular issues and it might not be the most obvious thing. And, and what frustrates me is when I see women going on diets to lose weight and then they don't lose weight and they blame themselves. What's that doing? Creating more stress on the body. So my first tip for you, if you are finding that you've been through a stressful period or you are, you know, experiencing chronic stress and you have gained weight but you can't get rid of it, going on a diet is the worst possible thing you can do. Because number one, not only is calorie restriction a physical stress on the body, but mental restriction 
it, you know, is an emotional stress on the body. We are so hard on ourselves. You know, when we don't achieve the results that we think we should be achieving, we blame ourselves. And all that guilt and all that shame and all that blaming ourselves is a stress on the body, which is going to, guess what? Increase our cortisol, increase our cravings for sugar and carbohydrates, lead us to emotionally eat and stay stuck in the cycle of blaming ourselves. So the first thing you have got to do when you're trying to lose weight, but you are also chronically stressed, is not go on a diet to do that, is to deal with the stress first. So tip number one, don't go on a diet to, de- to deal with this. It's not going to help you. From a nutritional perspective, this is my first port of call for almost everything. And you'll have heard me talking about this before. It is balance your blood sugar. Having an imbalanced blood sugar is a stress on the body. And Cortisol causes an imbalance in your blood sugar because when you are in this fight or flight mode and the body has released its glucose stores in order for you to have the energy to fight or flight, but you're not actually fighting or flighting, you're just sitting at your computer, that glucose has got to go somewhere. And so then you get a surge of insulin in the body and the glucose is then not being used up for energy, it's being stored as fat. And this is going to continue to happen the more more stressed you are and, you know, the less you're actually doing to, to use up the glucose that is being released at that time. So, we really need to reduce that extra stress on the body by balancing our blood sugar through food. And that means eating, you know, three square meals a day, balanced with complex carbohydrates, good quality protein and healthy fats and, you know, snacking on protein snacks when you need to, hydration, you know, limiting your stimulants in the form of, you know, sugar, alcohol, caffeine, cigarettes, all of that kind of stuff as best you can and really looking to to eat as nourishing a diet as possible. Now, I understand that if you are stressed, that often is because you are really, really busy and that means you don't necessarily have time to prepare a healthy meal. But what can you do to put some habits in place to maybe do, you know, when you do have a little bit of time, some simple meal prep to make sure that you've got at at the very least the ingredients for a, a healthy smooth or a granola in the morning or something that is going to at least start your day on a meal that will, you know, keep you going until lunchtime. Because skipping breakfast or eating, you know, breakfast high in refined carbohydrates or sugar is going to really, really mess with your blood sugar and also, you know, increase that, you know, that, that stress on the body. Also, and I've talked about this in a previous episode, you know, what can you do to make your life easier? Do you need to get your meals delivered? Could you go for one of those, you know, meal delivery services? I'm not affiliated with any of them, but there are loads of them out there. Is that something you could do for a short period of time to ensure that you're going to get, you know, a healthy meal that you don't have to do the shopping for? You don't have to do any of the the prep for it, really. All you need to do is assemble it and put it together. So what can you do, you know, to ensure that you are eating fresh food as much as possible? You know, keep it really simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Chuck a chicken in the oven, steam some broccoli and mash some sweet potatoes. Super simple. Buy some frozen prawns, a bag of stir fry vegetables and a packet of, you know, ready cooked brown rice and stick that all in a wok. 
doesn't need to be complicated. It can be super simple. Buy pre-prepared vegetables, frozen vegetables, that kind of thing. And go easy on yourself, but try as best you can to go for nourishing food, nutrient-dense food, as opposed to reaching for those high-sugar, ultra-processed, refined carbohydrate foods that are not going to do your blood sugar any good at all. So try and keep it as simple as possible. And I've got loads of resources to help you with this. I've got recipe bundles that you can purchase. I've got a meal prep workshop. I've got free healthy snacks, eBooks. I've got all sorts of things. So just head to my website and you'll find all kinds of different things that can help you to you know, make healthy eating simple and that you can fit it around your busy lifestyle and enable you to balance your blood sugar, which is gonna go a long way towards helping you to manage your stress levels. Tip number three, um, one of my favourite nutrients, magnesium. Um, And it's really common for us, especially as women, especially as perimenopausal, menopausal, stressed women, for us to be quite depleted, quite deficient in magnesium. So at the very least, I want you to be getting your magnesium from healthy food sources. And you can do that by increasing your intake of dark green leafy vegetables like spinach and kale and broccoli. Really easy to add those to your meals. Also nuts and seeds are a really good source of magnesium. So pumpkin seeds and chia seeds, cashew nuts, almonds, have these on hand that you can have as snacks that you can put into smoothies, almond butter that you can have with uh, slices of apple or on some, you know, whole grain toast or with some oat cakes. Loads of ways to, you know, add these foods, uh, you know, simply to your diet diet and whole grains are another really good source of magnesium and they help to balance your blood sugar. So brown rice, oats, quinoa, those kinds of things and legumes as well like chickpeas and kidney beans, black beans, also excellent sources of magnesium. So look to include these foods in your diet and like I said I've got tons of recipes and inspiration for you to to include those those ingredients but you know make sure that you are getting those on a regular basis and like I said you don't need to start with everything, doesn't have to be complicated, pick one or two of those foods, maybe almonds and oats for example and think of ways that you can start to include those more in your daily routine so that you are getting more magnesium and also those nutrient-dense whole grains and high-protein-rich foods that are going to help you to balance your blood sugar. You can also look to take a magnesium supplement. Um, Some of my uh, preferred brands include BioCare, Nutri-Advanced is another one. I also really like Better You that does a magnesium spray and they also do magnesium body butters and oil. So magnesium is really well absorbed by the skin. So you can also buy it as, um, you know, as like a moisturizer um, or a body oil. So that's another really good way for you to um, absorb magnesium. And Epsom salt baths. So Epsom salts are made of magnesium sulfate. And these are an excellent way for you to um, get magnesium into the body and also do something stress relieving, i.e. have a lovely relaxing bath at the same time. It's one of the, you know, the top things that I recommend to, you know, my members and my clients, you know, when they are stressed is to, you know, start getting into the habit once or twice a week of, you know, popping some Epsom salts into a bath and, you know, having that time uh, to yourself. Light a candle, get a nice cup of herbal tea. Ideally, don't have any other distractions because I know quite often it can be tempting to you know, listen to something while you're in the bath. And that's fine if you're listening to a book on Audible or something like that. That's a nice kind of relaxing thing to do. But I used to uh, 
multitask and get in the bath and then listen to a podcast, but not a relaxing podcast, like a podcast about online marketing or something, which has defeated the object somewhat. So do something relaxing, you know, alongside that. But there's lots of great ways that you can get more magnesium into your body. And the adrenal glands use a lot of magnesium. So when we are stressed, they are using an awful lot of magnesium. And so you really, really need to be um, replenishing that. And it's also one of those um, minerals that is used in countless processes inside the body. In fact, almost every single cell in the body needs magnesium for its function. So we really do need a lot of it. And we don't tend to get much of it at all because we are eating foods that have had the magnesium removed. So when you think about, you know, refined carbohydrates, white flour, white rice, white bread, that kind of thing, um, it's had its magnesium removed because it's had the whole grain part of of the, the husk removed. It's had its minerals removed. So it also has B vitamins um, and that's been taken away. So we want to start including those whole grains back into our diet again so that we get those minerals that are in the whole grain part of the food. Tip number four. This is going to sound really obvious. It's going to sound really basic. But do you know what? It's one of those things that people don't really prioritize enough and can often really go out the window and can be, you know, a symptom of stress. And that is sleep. So, you know, when you are really stressed, you might be having trouble sleeping because your mind is racing. You are stressed. You're eating, you know, a lot of stimulants, which is making it difficult for you to sleep. Your blood sugar is, you know, imbalanced, which can also make it difficult for you to sleep. And all of that excess, you know, stress and, and worry can make it very, very difficult for you to sleep. But when we're not getting a good night's sleep, it is really perpetuating the problem. And, you know, you know what you feel like the day after a shocking night's sleep. You know, you're, you're, you're ratty, your cravings are through the roof. It's just really difficult to concentrate and function. So even if you just do one thing from this whole episode, and that is focus on improving your sleep, that's going to go a long way towards helping lots of the other things as well in terms of balancing your blood sugar and just helping you cope a lot better. Now, I could probably do an entire episode on, you know, tips to help you sleep. Um, This is obviously just one tip of, of several. But one of the simplest things that you can start to do right away is to start to eliminate your screens at least an hour before you go to bed and remove your electronics from your bedroom. Uh, Listen, we're all guilty of this. I do it myself. I sit up in bed and look at my phone before I go to sleep. We're all guilty of it. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but if you are really struggling to get to sleep and if you are sitting up in bed, scrolling through your phone, scrolling through social media, you know, as a way to escape or just be, you know, mindless stuff, that stimulus and that that blue light and that, you know, especially when you're scrolling through social media, you know, how, how many of you have like opened up your phone, started scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and within about, you know, 30 seconds, you're already feeling terrible about yourself because you've seen, you know, this person and their before and after photo and that person who's doing amazingly well with their life. And this friend who's moved to Florida and is having a fabulous life, you know, and before you know it, you're feeling utterly shit about yourself because everybody else seems to have a wonderful life and is doing better than you. And that's not good. You know, this comparisonitis that we get on social media. And if you're looking at that last thing at night and you're having a really difficult time and you're really stressed, it's only going to exacerbate those feelings. So 
remove that from the bedroom, remove your electronics, do not be charging your phone next to your bed and you know really try and start to wind down before you go to bed. So think right if you want to get to sleep at you know 11 at 10 o'clock you want to start you know winding down perhaps have an Epsom salt bath and then when you get into your bedroom have zero distractions, read a book or no TV light a candle, get some nice lavender um, essential oils going. So anything you can do to create a kind of sanctuary in your bedroom. I think, you know, so much of our day-to-day lives have spilled into our bedroom. We've got electronics and TVs and iPhones and iPads and, you know, everything kind of, you know, in our bedroom. And really, you know, if we want to get a good restful night's sleep, we need to make our bedrooms a sanctuary, a place that is conducive to actually wanting to sleep and remove all of those, you know, distractions and and electronics from our bedroom late at night because that is really going to help your brain and your your sympathetic nervous system to calm down because what we want when we sleep we move our nervous system into rest and digest which is the opposite of fight or flight so when we're sleeping mostly we are in rest and digest and those that's when the bodily functions that are shut down during fight or flight are able to function because we're not awake we haven't got the weight of the world on our shoulders when we're fast asleep and that is when our body can literally repair and heal and rest and that is when you can activate your parasympathetic nervous system which is going to be so much more beneficial for you than being in fight or flight all the time And there's lots and lots and lots of other ways that you can look at improving your sleep. Perhaps I'll do an entire episode on on ways to improve your sleep and things that you can do to, to manage that. Because there are so many underlying things at play there when you are struggling with sleep. But, you know, stress is one of them. So, you know, applying some of the tips that I've shared with you today, like balancing your blood sugar and, uh, you know, magnesium is really good to take in the evening as well. Those things are also going to help with your sleep. So really think to start prioritizing that as a first port of call. And then finally, my fifth and final tip, and this is for the perfectionists and the overthinkers out there, is to stop being so hard on yourself. And I know that's a really difficult thing to do, but this perfectionism that we strive for is only making us feel like failures because there is no such thing as perfect and if we're always striving for perfection if we're always striving for you know the next thing the next best thing then we're never going to be satisfied with the life that we've got whatever stage you're at you know be that you're trying to you know change your body and it's not happening fast enough for you and your diet isn't working you know we beat ourselves up about that quite often you might go to bed thinking oh god why did I end up eating a second slice or a third slice or a fourth slice of cake today I'm so weak I've got no willpower why am I such a terrible person? Uh, you know, I didn't achieve this today or, oh God, the washing machine hasn't been emptied or, you know, all the things that we worry about and that we put so much pressure on ourselves for. We need to start being a lot kinder to ourselves and doing a little bit less, asking for help, accepting help from people and stop trying to do it all and give ourselves permission to do a little bit less and for it not to be perfect and for life to be a little bit messy and for that to be okay because that is also creating so much stress for us and it's self-imposed because nobody is going to give you a medal at the end of the day 
for all the things that you, you've put on your to-do list and you've only managed to achieve half of them. No one's standing there with a medal for you. The only medal you're going to get is the one that you give yourself and you don't even do that. So try and do less, be kinder to yourself, stop trying to be such a massive perfectionist <laughs> and listen, hand up here for, you know, the perfectionism club. But I'm learning and I'm trying to, you know, to accept that things are good enough. You are good enough exactly as you are right now. And on that note, I will leave it for today. I hope this has been helpful and I hope that you are going to start implementing some of these tips to help you live a more stress-free life. So let me know, uh, get in touch with me. Um, the best place to um, find me is in my Instagram DM. So let me know um, if this episode was useful to you and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your valuable time with me today. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. Also, don't forget you can find all the resources, links and show notes over at youarenourished.com forward slash podcast. See you next week. Bye for now.